Hello and welcome back to series two of Our Expert Opinion. We are back with more amazing guests offering up their knowledge to help you with your health and fitness journey with some great stories to boot. All you need to do is sit back and let us give you Our Expert Opinion. Welcome back to Our Expert Opinion. Today we are joined by yoga teacher, personal trainer and ex-GB gymnast, Ella Augier. Ella has been a part of Team GB for over 10 years, allowing her to compete all over the world. These days, Ella runs her own business, helping, helping others become fitter, stronger and healthier. Ella, welcome to the podcast. Hi, how are you? Good, thank you. How are you? Yeah, all good, thanks. So, 10 years with Team GB, that doesn't just happen overnight. Tell me how it all started. So... Um, my mum put me in a school gymnastics class when I was six. So I was actually a ballerina prior to that. I thought ballet was going to be my thing. Um, but so I did ballet for three years, started when I was three. I was quite good at ballet, actually. I did enjoy it. Um, but then I did a school gymnastics class um, and I just got picked out by the coach that was there. Um, and we lived in Harrow at the time. So I ended up at Harrow Gymnastics Club um for a few years doing artistic gymnastics to start with uh then we moved moved to um where I am now um and I actually changed disciplines so from that point I was kind of doing ballet and artistic gymnastics for probably about four years and then I had to choose one ended up choosing um gymnastics obviously um and then I ended up changing discipline so I then moved to aerobic gymnastics which is a combination of dance and gymnastics together it's very dynamic um and that ended up being being my sport so I remember I I think I was probably in, in team GB or the, the GB squad from about 12 years old um and I remember competing um internationally uh, I think I was either 12 or 13 but I can't, I can't quite remember um and it just kind of went from there and I just I just loved it and just um stayed doing it so yeah it was really good was there any points in, obviously 10 years is a long time, was there any points that you thought, I, I want to try something different, I want to change my path, or was it always like, I'm really enjoying this, I want to keep going? So There was definitely moments where I didn't want to go to gym, definitely. Mm-hmm. I feel like every gymnast has that, because gymnastics is so difficult in terms of the training is so, so strenuous. I think it's like that for a lot of sports. Um, and you get nervous going into the gym. There's stuff that you, you're too scared to try, you don't want to do it just comes out in this like crazy emotion and you just don't want to go anymore. But I definitely had blips like that when I was younger. But as I was older, obviously you self-regulate a little bit more. You can make more choices. You know what you're doing. You're more, I guess, experienced, stronger, etc. So it didn't become an issue really when I was older, but definitely getting through that when I was younger was, was a bit of a struggle sometimes, not all the time. Um, but I did always love it. Deep down, I always loved it. So... Do you ever think, this is something I hear quite a lot of gymnastics, do you ever think you like missed out a little bit in your childhood? Because like you said, gymnastics and gym training is so intense. Yeah, definitely. I think as a child, I probably didn't notice it very much because, you know, when you're kind of seven, eight, nine, ten, you're at primary school and you don't train every day and, you know, it's on the weekend. So I didn't really realize, I guess, when I was younger, but definitely as I got older, that was then the difficult part was, you know, when you're like 13, 14, 15, 16, whatever, seeing your friends go out or go to the park or 
you know, start going to parties and I couldn't go because I was having to train or having to train the next day. Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely found that a struggle, but I think for me, the competitions outweighed the social side sometimes, but I definitely got worked up about missing stuff. Um, but I think now when I look back, I'm so grateful that my parents made me go to gym mm-hmm. because if I really think about it, I've got all my, you know, I've got all my close friends around me. I didn't miss out on on my friendships or anything like that. I just, you know, certain memories on certain things they did, I wasn't there. But when I think about it now as an adult, I don't, it, it seems like such a big thing when you're younger, yeah. like to miss a party or to miss something. But then when you really look back as an adult, you realise it's it's really not a big thing at all. Yeah, but yes, that- definitely the social side was, um, I feel like I missed out a lot on, the, on that kind of stuff. Yeah, when you look back at it, you, you sort of realise that the long lasting memories are more the competitions you went to rather than the parties you may have missed. Yeah, absolutely. Definitely. Yeah. So obviously you've travelled the world with the team. Were there some highlights when you're out there? Was there particular occasions or experiences that you felt were sort of stand out from the rest anything you can sort of recall yeah so I definitely remember my first international I went to France um and I'd never done anything like this before I was the only um person from my club going as well so everyone around me I didn't know um I'd heard of them because I'd seen them at competitions and stuff and actually some of them now are some of my best friends Mm -hmm. um so I remember feeling really scared at that one but at the same time where I was so almost naive to the fact that this was such a big competition, I was nervous, but I did really well type thing. So I wasn't so scared to get out there. I had almost like good nerves and and where you're kind of oblivious to how big it is, you just kind of go for it and, and forget about it. Um, so that definitely has always been a highlight, my first, my first international. And the best one for me is definitely the European Olympics in 2015. And that was in Baku. All the whole experience from you know kitting out we'd never you know we'd always got scent kit always grateful for having like new tracksuits new leotards but this was just a whole new level it was on a huge team gb scale it was like socks shoes trainers leotards tracksuits t-shirts bags it was endless stuff and we just were so like almost taken back by it and i guess until we got out there we just didn't realize how big this event was and that definitely will be the highlight of my career forever it was just yeah it was one of the best best experiences in my life for sure was that kind of like a I made it like moment yeah definitely because because you almost think so so I've done um I believe it was two European championships and three world championships in my lifetime and those were my highlights and then this competition came around and it almost just trumped everything else it was a multi-sport event which I'd never done before so, you know, we got to go and watch Team GB boxing. You know, we got to go and watch so much stuff. We got to go and watch the gymnasts. Um, and yeah, that was just, it was just incredible. It was something so, so different, but we knew what we were doing. It was similar, but different. It was like, you know, you could watch it on TV and that was something that we'd never really experienced before. Um, but yeah, it, that definitely almost like, wiped everything out that yeah. was just the best thing ever yeah so so from there how how much longer yeah. after that did did you continue to compete I mean when did you sort of hang up your leotard if you will hang up your leotard yeah, yeah. so I then 
I'm really have, sorry if I get these dates wrong, but I'm sure they're correct. So then I competed until the end of 2016. Mm-hmm. Um, and I finished on my last competition, I was British champion. And I thought, you know, that's it. I think I was 20 at the time. Yeah, must must have been. Oh no, I think I was 19. I can't quite remember, 19 or 20. Um, and that was it. Until um, the next European Olympics came around in 2020, I believe. 2020? No, 2019, sorry, every four years. Definitely wasn't 2020. Um, and they only had four team members and they basically have to qualify for Team GB to have a space and there's only 10 spaces. So you qualify at World Championships and they didn't have a fifth team member. And my coach asked me if I would come back and, you know, help the team out. And I was I was quite surprised, but the main reason I did it is because my sister was in that team. I wanted her to have the experience that I had. Um, so I was working full time. I trained twice a week because I still stayed fairly fit from my job. You know, I teach gymnastics anyway. Um, went to the gym, etc. So I trained twice a week and doing a group routine. I think a lot of people will set, will tell you is is easier than doing a um, a single like a or like a solo routine because it's um, you've got you know different skills. It's not necessarily slower, but there's you know certain pauses where you're doing lifts and interactions. Um, so physically, it was it was easier. I mean, don't get me wrong, I still had to work hard and I worked my butt off when I was in the gym two days a week. Um, so yeah, I went back. I believe that was two thousand. Well, we competed in 2019 for the space in 2000. No, sorry, 2018 for the space in 2019. I didn't go to the second European Olympics, but they just needed a, another team member. So, um, yeah, I went back. I'm done now, but I went back. Unless they call you back again or definitely not? Oh, no, definitely not. Yeah. I don't think I could do it anymore. <laughs> I don't think my bones or my joints could take it. it. It is one of those sports that a lot of people tend to, like bail out quite young or you know young in the sense of human life if you will in terms of you know sports obviously people can go on a lot a lot later and people I think one of the things is as um as sort of humans your body starts to develop right and in gymnastics it's better if you're sort of smaller or or sleeker and as your body gets bigger it's it's less sort of suitable for the sport is that is that right yeah that was definitely that was definitely the attitude in gymnastics. I think a lot of gymnasts will agree with me is that, you know, you're constantly, well, for me, I was constantly watching my weight, you know, at 16 years old, I was, you know, watching what I was eating because it is, it is desirable whether people like it or not to have a small frame when you're doing gymnastics, you know, you can, you can spin faster in the air. There's less weight, there's less weight for you to move around. So that was definitely, definitely a desirable thing, but I'm quite petite anyway. So I, I was pretty, pretty all right until about the age of 18, mm-hmm. um, just because I think gymnastics can stunt your development. For me, it did anyway. I think for a few others out there, it did do. So it did for me. So I, I was okay, but I definitely was watching, you know, my diet, my exercise. And I think now I was doing, when I look back, I was doing it all wrong. Now I'm a personal trainer. I look back and think I should have been eating X, Y, and Z, mm-hmm. not, not eating because I had training the next day and I, and I didn't want to look a certain way type thing. So it's really interesting when I look back, I think I could have done it so much better in such a healthier way, but I, we just didn't, we just didn't know at that, at that point. When you're 16, you just, you just don't really think about it. 
Yeah, yeah, definitely. And it's so difficult at that age. So a question about almost your retirement, if you will. Do you yeah. think if you hadn't finished that in the sort of shape that you're in, you know, number one um, position, do you think you would have happily retired then or do you think you would have kept going? I don't think I would have happily retired. I'm, I'm, I mean, if you ask anyone that knows me, I'm a very competitive person just in life. Um, and I needed that win. I needed to win that last competition for me to be satisfied. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, I'd won certain competitions. I was generally on the podium, you know, at every competition, which is because I worked hard. But if it for me, if it wasn't first place, I it wasn't, it wasn't. I wasn't satisfied. That was just the nature of my personality. I was just so competitive. Um, so for me, I really needed to win that last competition, and I did. But I don't think I would have been satisfied. I think I still would have retired, but I wouldn't have been satisfied, which is really silly because it's one competition, but it was my last one. Yeah. And I wanted to do it. You've got to finish strong. So yeah, this kind of leads on to my next question is, do you think you were where you were because of hard work? Or do you think you had that innate talent that kind of carried you? Or do you think it was a combination of the two? I think it was a combination because like I said, at like my nature is quite competitive. Um, and I think I do have, I think, I think body shape and, and stuff like that and your genetics play a huge part. And I think I just, I just had that. My parents are naturally, you know, sporty, et cetera. And they push me to do sports. And I think it's definitely a combination of, because I remember my parents saying, you know, you have a natural ability for this type of sport. I was rubbish at like, football netball at school I hated it oh I couldn't do it I was good at running I was good at ballet I was good at gymnastics that was kind of my my thing so I think it was a combination of of both to be honest yeah I think it was a combination yeah because there's that constant argument isn't there within professional sport you know some people yeah. just sort of handed it but some people just you know push just push their way into that that top form yeah so, I think yeah. definitely when I was younger it was it was easier and as I got older, it was more, I had to really kind of dig deep for the, for the hard work and the wins. But as I was younger, I think where the natural talent, the natural talent only carries you so far. Mm-hmm. And I think then I, I knew I started to always not work harder, but kind of just make sure I was putting the work in every session. It became more conscious almost. Mm, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah, but that's cool. Um, so Moving on from the gymnastics, you're now becoming a personal trainer, a, a yoga instructor as well. You've already mentioned it, but you've learned a lot coming coming out from gymnastics and into these two sort of professions. Um, yeah. Nutrition obviously being one. Is there much else you've, you'd say you've learned in the change? So, um, uh, so when I quit gymnastics, I had this almost like resentment for like movement if you will like I think because I've been made to go to training every day excuse me every day for like 20 odd years I was like right I'm done I don't need to I don't need to do anything I need to move blah 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 blah. and it got to the point where I was like I I started a new class a trampoline class that's actually really enjoyable really fun um and I teach it now as well um and it's it was just such a fun way and it got me back into to exercise and then I just almost had this like light bulb moment and I was like why did I leave it 
like almost two years of doing no exercise feeling pretty rubbish about myself because I didn't like the way I looked I didn't like the way I felt I think now I've I look back and I'm just think I wish I'd done this sooner type thing I'd wish I'd kind of found my my love for exercise again so I yeah I did my I've learned loads I did my um initially I did my exercise to music um because I think kind of group exercise is definitely my thing um to then teach this trampoline class um then I went on to do my personal training um qualification my level three which I loved I learned loads about kind of nutrition you know everyone's bodies the way you can work out people's uh, you know water intake like I just never thought about stuff like this before um and then went on to my my yoga course I initially always wanted to be a yoga teacher that's what I wanted um but I like to almost be an all-rounder like this kind of probably comes back to my kind of competitive nature I like to be able to do a little bit of everything um and then yeah my my yoga course definitely was was um was a big highlight for me because I did it in lockdown I was trying to find a course that I could a yoga course that I could do where I didn't have to travel because no one could go anywhere mm-hmm. I wanted to make use of the time that I had at home I got because I'm I was furloughed for a gymnastics teacher I can't I can't really do anything it's not competitive gymnastics so it's not like I had to be on zoom every day you know teaching kids these the kids that I teach do gymnastics for fun so I needed to do something with my time. So I managed to get, you know, to do all of this. And then the yoga course came around. I found the perfect one. And that definitely was, I've learned just, just loads about the whole world of, of movement and food and fitness. And yeah, so yeah, definitely learned way more probably in two years than the last probably five years. Yeah. Definitely in my life. Yeah. And that's, you know, that's what these courses are in place for I suppose and it's really beneficial for you so you've kind of gone through a bit of a trans transition yourself in terms of your eating and we discussed this quite recently so every every podcast we do a segment called snack corner so what we'll do we'll go through with what what snacks you brought today and then we'll have a little talk about the transition you've recently made because I think that'll be really interesting for people to hear so what have you brought onto the podcast today so my snacks I generally eat would be um, now I would have like chocolate rice cakes. I love them. Um, I like the Protein Works protein bars, the peanut butter ones. Mm-hmm. They're a good one. Outpro yogurt, any flavor. Outpro yogurt is a good snack of mine. I snack on a lot of fruit, I have to say. I try my best not to snack on too much packaged stuff just because I'm <laughs> conscious of the environment and also I just I try and eat as clean as possible try definitely eat don't eat you know my best all the time yeah but yeah they're definitely kind of the three the three and I also have a lot of gray snacks actually that's the other thing I've got a subscription to grays like every two weeks they send a box of four snacks and they're different every time so I've picked all I think they're all vegan at the moment because when I did it I was vegan and I just haven't changed it. So it's stuff like, you know, like mixed nuts. Um, they have like little breadsticks with a Biscoff, which is quite cool. And it gives you all the calories and stuff. So that's generally the stuff is like protein bars, non-dairy yogurts, and yeah, greys. They're, they're the, the top for sure. So you mentioned it there. It was when you were vegan. So yeah. you have changed from vegan to vegetarian now. Yeah, yeah. How, how long were you a vegan for before you changed? So I was, I did veganuary. So I only did vegan for a month. But prior to that, I was vegetarian. I put, I've been vegetarian now properly 
for just over a year. Mm-hmm. So I did I did used to eat meat, but if I'm honest, I didn't enjoy the only meat that I ate was chicken. Um and it was fine, like I ate it, but there was one day I ate it and I was really put I was really put off it and I there was nothing wrong with it. I just didn't I just didn't enjoy it. And I think from that moment I'd made a conscious decision to be vegetarian. So I've been vegetarian for a year and then I did veganuary for a month and then I'm back to vegetarian now. Yeah. So was, was there any reason you didn't stick with being the being a vegan after sort of that month? Was it anything in particular? I know you've mentioned chocolate to me before the show. Yeah, chocolate. Um, I think to be honest, if I'm really honest, it's pure laziness because I really loved it and it was really not because it was when you're at home you only go to the shops well for me it was only me and my mum living in the house went to the shop once a week got all of the stuff we needed and it was really easy at that point because you couldn't go out for like you know a snack or you could go for a coffee but you, you can't really do anything and the temptations weren't there because we bought everything we planned all the meals um and we'd almost set this goal like we're gonna do it for a month at least a month um and then it got to February 1st and my boyfriend bought me a chocolate egg and I just was like I've got to eat it and I think by that point I was I was pleased that I'd accomplished veganuary but it was just the fact that I just wanted some chocolate but I have kept quite a lot of changes like from veganuary I've kept them through so I do try my best now to I have alternative milk I have done for about six months um or I try to sometimes it's a bit difficult you just want a cup of tea with normal milk and I think as long as I'm consciously making better decisions for myself and again I mentioned like for the environment I try my best with the environment I think it makes me feel better and I think where I've not eaten meat now for so long I don't crave it and it's things like where I hadn't eaten chocolate for a month I didn't crave it I just I just was in front of me and I just wanted it mm-hmm. it's that type that type of thing and I think people don't realize that that being vegan it's not that difficult if you're if you're prepared I think it's it's always hard when you see when you see like stuff in the shops like I know when I go back to work it's going to be difficult because I'll go to the shops and I can I'll you know choose something that's got milk in um so I try my best to limit that but I think it's just the temptations of of having stuff because there's so much out there that you can have but there's so much out there that's got like a percentage of milk in or a percentage Mm -hmm. of egg in like that you just can't eat and you just think I just want to I just want to eat that chocolate bar that sweet but I can't because it's got like you know two percent egg or it's that type of stuff it's not even like the whole ingredients for me it's just you know wanting to eat a piece of cake for example you know that type of stuff yeah it's not like it's not like I want to eat eggs I don't I'm funny enough been put off eggs as well it's not like I want to eat an egg I just want to eat a cake which has got egg in it yeah it sounds really silly but yeah yeah Yeah, sometimes uh, I think you're right sometimes it's it's a bit difficult to navigate and people Mm. will have avoid it wholeheartedly a lot of the time whereas you've implemented bits into it and I spoke about it on a previous podcast how I've we've started to do like meatless Mondays and stuff like that and then you carry it into like later in the week because you actually found something you like and you're like well let's just have it again Mm. let's have it for your lunch the next day yeah so at at this stage in time if if a lot of people did a little more it's it's going to have those benefits to make a huge huge impact yeah exactly for sure so one question I do have as you have been vegetarian for so long and you tried the veganism a lot of the skepticism around it is 
that sometimes you can't get the right fuel and the right energy into mm-hmm. um, an individual's body. What, well, what's your opinion on that? And what foods do you pick and choose that sort of give you your protein and give you the right nutrients um, yeah. that sort of commonly? Um, so I think, I think if you're, if you're going to, if you do it properly, I, I believe you can get everything. Obviously the one thing that's quite difficult to get is B12. So I do actually take a supplement for that because B12 generally is found in animal products from the research I've done. You can get it in, in some, I think some, I think it might be green veggies. I can't quite remember, but I don't eat enough of that to get the, the daily amount that I need. So that's, that is the one thing that I think I found that I needed. And I, since taking, I've probably been taking it for solidly, maybe for um, two months. Absolutely. I can feel a difference. I don't know if that's almost that placebo effect where you, where you, you know, you feel like you make a difference, but genuinely in the morning, I, I can get myself out of bed. I'm not dragging myself out. Um, so I think that's, for me, that was the main one. In terms of protein, um, I sometimes find it, if I'm speaking to someone who, I think everyone has, is, has different opinions on this, but if I'm speaking to someone who absolutely doesn't agree with veganism because they say you can't get your protein, that, that almost stri- like strikes a nerve for me because I think you can get your protein. You absolutely can. There's so much out there now that's fortified, like, you know, um, all the vegetarian alternatives, like tofu's got quite a, a good amount of protein in, I think. And a lot of stuff's fortified for the fact that you can eat it and have your daily intake. Like I have a lot of lentils, lentils, beans, pulses, and like even stuff like green vegetables are quite high. So I just think, I just think we, our generation, and I think, our parents generation were brought up in a certain way where it's like you base your meal around me like that just it just is what it is um and I think now as people are discovering a little bit more I think I just would like people to be more open to the fact that like if you say oh you're vegan they don't almost turn your nose off and go well how do you get this how do you get that Mm -hmm. it's like well you can do it you just have to make sure you're like shopping properly or you're um looking at the right meals everyone says oh veganism must be really carby and it's not you just have to find different protein sources to put with a salad. Like, okay, if you want to have a salad, for example, there's, you know, there's no carbs unless you add them. Um, but they go, oh, what would you, what would you have on it? And it's like, well, you can have like, um, what they're called falafels. You just, you know, there's, there's protein that's fortified in all of this stuff. So that's the only thing slightly winds me up is when people go, yeah, but how do you, how do you get it? And it's like, well, you have to do some research. Not everything is, is built around meat, for example. I think it's the same thing being vegetarian. Yes, you can have other things, like you can have, you know, cheese and eggs and and stuff like that, which are fairly good protein sources, eggs in particular. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, there's definitely there's definitely ways to do it. I think you just have to take the time to to research it because that's what we had to do to make sure we we were getting everything. Um, but yeah, I think the only thing that was lacking in was was B12 for sure. Do you find there's um it's a bit of a lower fat diet veganism because obviously you're taking out dairy products you've mentioned eggs you're mentioning sort of meat which can have higher fat content as well do you think fat's something that you miss in in a vegan or even a vegetarian diet I think yeah that's a safe assumption because like you said you know there's no there's no dairy there are dairy alternatives which have a percentage percentage of fat in but is lower Mm -hmm. um and I think a lot of the stuff that's like, this is almost contradicting what I've said, but a lot of the stuff that's vegan that is pre-made 
has got fat in it because it's got I don't know certain ingredients that have what to almost like almost like, like yeah almost like bulking agents I guess that yeah. they've got to they've got to add something to make it into a product which I think there's a fine line then between like being a healthy vegan and then just being vegan and not really concentrating on what you're eating because there's a lot of alternatives some of them are really good and some of them aren't so good but you know like high fat content high salt content um and stuff like that so yeah I think I think being vegan if you're gonna do it right is great um I think I definitely saw a difference in my body shape I definitely came out of the end of the month leaner probably than I had been for maybe six months or so um, and I think if, if that's something you want, it's a great, it's a great kind of lifestyle to take to. Um, but yeah, I think, I think that's the safe assumption. It's definitely a lower fat diet, but you still get, you still get a fat content in there. Yeah. It's, I think it's one of those things. If you're going to make the choice, you have to kind of do it almost wholeheartedly. You, you have to do your research. Yeah. You have to be willing to, uh, I'm not saying it's a sacrifice, but you do have to make some changes and you have to. It is though. Yeah. Yeah, because yeah. when you you know, for example, I know we haven't been able to go out, but when you can go out for dinner, if you are doing if you are vegan, there's generally only one or two options on the menu, yeah. which are suitable. Um, and that is a sacrifice if you go out and you you're you want to, you know, have a chicken burger, everyone's having a chicken burger and you, and you can't because you're trying to you know stick to this. I think it is difficult. I've definitely found that even being vegetarian, trying to go out for dinner isn't great because it just now it's not so bad but I think probably a year ago or two years ago whenever the last time we could go out um there's always a limited vegetarian option but now I think it's definitely growing in popularity and I think restaurants and chains are definitely catching on to that like um okay we've had quite a few takeaways don't get me wrong in like the last six weeks yeah, but I everywhere <laughs> Deliveroo is just way too easy now. They didn't used to deliver to our area and now they do and it's dangerous. Yeah. But like restaurants like, you know, like Nando's, Pizza Express, Wagamama, like they all have mm -hmm. so many like vegetarian and vegan options now, which you think you'd think Nando's is like based around chicken. Like you'd never think that they would have like a vegan wrap now, um, which is obviously great because I feel like people are, or it's almost like a sign of the times. I think people are like catching on to, to what everyone else is, is now doing um but yeah. yeah yeah but yeah these things they do take time and mm. veganism and you know vegetarianism I feel, feel like it's been around for a, a lot longer and even with that yeah. not everyone sort of adapted to it I think when veganism came in there was the massive wave that came behind it and it, it's almost forced people to listen and I think it's yeah it's gonna grow and there will be more options and and I hope there is um but yeah it's, it's definitely an intriguing time and I think from the conversation we've just had, the thing you need to take from it is you need to put a bit of research into it because there are mm, options definitely. out there. Yeah, which definitely. is really good. So going on to what's happening now in your life, um, you, we've, we've mentioned you're starting your own business. Um, so, so tell us what's happening now. So um, I've been at my current job coming up probably well, it's coming up seven years. I have obviously haven't been at work for about six months of the last year. Um, and I was meant to leave my job um, last, last July? Or last, yeah, last July. And obviously everything went crazy. So I, I stayed there. Um, so 
I have I'm still a still a gymnastics teacher but on this side I'm only going to be there now for probably another five months as I build these other businesses up so um I've got a new well I say two new businesses they're kind of in one it's kind of just me I'm the I'm the business <laughs> so um I've got me as the kind of like personal trainer side um which is going to be kind of like my my main my main source I think um I'm going to be working at a place called the fitness pod which is in Egham it's my friend's um kind of fitness studio it's brand new um kind of helping us set it up so that's going to be you know where I'm based as such so I'm in Ascot so it's not it's not too far for me mm-hmm. um and we're going to you know take personal training clients and um kind of group exercise in there as well and yoga sessions so that's kind of one side um I'm going to be mobile as well a mobile personal trainer so for a lot of people understandably they still not comfortable going to gyms but you know they might be comfortable with someone in their garden or in their lounge um stuff like that so obviously when we're allowed um I'll be doing that as well um and then my other kind of side of that is um is a new a new business which I've done a little bit of research on I've seen someone in the US do it but there's no one in the UK doing it now and it's um it's called yoga for gymnasts so mm-hmm. um where I'm a yoga teacher and an ex-gymnast this basically brings my two my two strengths together um and it basically what I'm doing is is I'm kind of creating yoga sessions um for generally at the moment elite gymnasts that are competing um and there's a kind of a whole host of benefits that I think are are now coming into play and people are starting to understand a little bit more I think if I did this two years ago I would have had no success with it just just because I just don't think that people really were into yoga and mindfulness as they are now I think it's like veganism all this stuff is growing um, and becoming more popular I think people are realizing the importance of it so with the yoga for gymnasts it's really about kind of there's the physical side about kind of building strength building flexibility in different ways like I have a deep understanding of how gymnasts train it's very fast you know there's kind of no no stop for two and a half hours um which you need for sure because you need you need to get you know build up that strength and endurance but I do also think if if I was given the opportunity to have you know an hour a week where it was stretching it was a little bit of meditation um a bit of mindfulness you know some strength training that's that's different to what they do now um I definitely would have would have taken taken them up on that and then you've obviously got the other side which is the mental health benefits which again I think people are definitely becoming more aware of um, and talking about a bit more in elite sport because it's one of those things that in elite sport you you kind of have to for me you just kind of have to put on a front and you just have to do it you know it doesn't matter how you feel on competition day you just have to go for it and I think that is the way it is for a lot of elite um sports people but again, I think just just having the time to, you know, mentally prepare for competition is huge. You know, you're physically preparing this whole time. But when you're thinking about, you know, you're not visualizing your routines, you're not visualizing what you want, you're not visualizing those those goals and what, what you want going forward. I think that's that's really important to almost bring that bring their energy down, calm down a little bit and actually think about what they what they want to do next, what their goals are so they can then think about and implement them. Um, and I'm personally trying to get that message across now to kind of the whole of the gymnastics community. Um, and I think I, I'm really hoping it'll be successful. I've had quite a lot of success so far. I've done, I don't even know how many Zooms, but I've done I've done some Zoom sessions with a lot of different clubs and I've got some really positive feedback. I just think I want them to be consistent with it now so they can actually start to see a difference in their gymnast. I think it's going to be, it's definitely going to be more, um beneficial when they go back to the gym mm-hmm. because that, that's when they're going to go back into that 
you know, hard training regime. Um, and I want them to look forward to this hour a week where they can just calm down. The session, it's still training, you know, they're not sitting on their butts doing nothing. They're still moving, but they're, you know, they're doing a little bit of mindfulness. They're thinking and it's just, yeah, I think it's just something different. And I personally think it's going to, it's just going to add that kind of extra level for them. Um, not physically, but mentally as well. Yeah. So yeah, I'm just trying to spread the word. <laughs> Mentality is such a massive part of any sport, especially elite sport, like you said. Um, so yeah, I think that's it's really good. And like you said, not not too many people focus on it. I think one of the first things I ever heard was um, with the England football team, and they had um, a Swedish manager called Sven Goran Eriksson. And one of the first things he brought in was like a mentality coach and um, I think now you see it more and more in elite sport, but mm. some sports are definitely still catching up on it. So it sounds like a really interesting project. So yeah, when it goes back to, you know, normal life, whatever that may end up looking like, it, would yeah. it be you traveling out to see these people or will it be you sort of pre-recording stuff? How, how would it work? So I think I'm going to have a couple of options in place. Um, because just solely because um I want to I want to be able to reach out wider than the kind of borough community that I'm in so I happily will be traveling to you know um different clubs you know within you know probably a 20 mile radius here and there there's so many gymnastics clubs um but I want to put it out there because I really want this to be like a national campaign and I'm trying to get on British gymnastics with it and you know see if I can get some support from them um because I want I want this to to help everyone not just people that are kind of in my radius at the moment I'm only one person I would love to grow this and have people you know doing the same thing as me it's quite I think it's quite a unique combination but they're not too far from each other physically then you know they're not too they're not too far from each other so um I'm gonna have a couple of options I'll I'll probably do a lot of traveling um because I think sessions are always better always better in person I think you can get the right energy I can you know see the energy of the kids and the gymnasts um but equally over zoom uh, gymnasts I talk about gymnasts I am one are very respectful they will you know they'll listen they'll they'll go for it they'll they'll do everything um and that's the experience I've had over zoom for sure the gymnasts are are really good um they you know it's I think for this is the, the hurdle that I definitely overcome when I started yoga is that, and I try and mention this to all of them because I'm like, it's okay to laugh. Like if I'm asking you to breathe deeply and you've never done it before, you are going to feel weird about it. You are going to giggle and you're going to think it, you know, what, what am I doing? This is really weird. But I just said to them, you know, as you get into it, you will, you will start to enjoy it. But, you know, don't worry if you find it a little bit funny. I found it funny and I'm an adult, like mm-hmm. that kind of stuff. So um, yeah, a bit of traveling here and there and just trying to, yeah, trying to spread the word. Yeah, yeah. I, it's a really funny point that you make about the the sort of the comedic side to yoga in a mm. sense that, you know, obviously different yoga sessions are different. There's different um, sort of disciplines, isn't there? But on the ones where you kind of like like meditate at the end, but sort of you're, you're making mm. noises and stuff Noise. like this. Yeah. yeah, it's it's like for me, and I'd like to say this was like eight years ago. The first time I went to a yoga class was one in at the end where you did sort of make the noises and, and all of yeah. it. And mm-hmm. I just couldn't keep a straight face. And I found it really difficult. And the yoga teacher at the end actually came up to us and said, you know, uh, are you taking it seriously? And I was just like, oh God. 
and she was like it's fine to laugh she was like but as long as you're laughing because you know it's uncomfortable rather than you're yeah Mick. and I was like oh okay fine and I was yeah. like yeah, I found it really uncomfortable and it's just one of those things when you get into like the correct headspace you won't know mm. it anymore and yeah no I, that's definitely one of the things that I think I'm probably gonna have to overcome because yeah when I first started we did a like you know I've never done a class with chanting in and I'd done one and I luckily I was by myself because I think if I was with a friend it just becomes it just becomes funny and it's it's not because we're laughing at what we're doing is because we've never done it before and you, you almost don't know how to feel when you're doing it yeah so now even now there's so there's some days where I just can't concentrate and I just end up giggling but it's just one of those things that I think I have to make clear because 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 generally the elite gymnasts are all going to be under maybe well I can't speak for everyone but everyone that I've taught is under 20 I've taught a lot of kind of like eight to 16 year olds um and I think when you're really young it doesn't matter so much but it's when you get into a teenager you think people are looking at you when really no one's looking at you I can't even hear them I don't we haven't done any chanting or anything like that we generally just do kind of like breathing or um the end pose we do is it's called a corpse pose where we lie down and we just breathe I think by that point they're so relaxed it's not funny but at the Mm -hmm. beginning when we have to you know try and get into the zone they do giggle and I think as a yoga teacher you can't take offense because this is just something that people haven't done before so you just have to you know try and get them to do and I think each week it just it just becomes a little bit easier for them and I think getting the coaches to understand the point behind it as well helps because then they can almost talk them into you know talk about it a bit more Mm-hmm. um but yeah yeah that is one of the things that I think will be one of my challenges yeah and it's really transferable into like other setups as well so for example in the gym space you think someone's looking at you or and you become mm-hmm. self-conscious yeah. and, and then you can't yeah. keep in your own head but as soon as you're out of that mindset and you're going for it you, you don't even pay attention to the person behind yeah you. and nine times out of ten no one's even looking but like that's said, so true because people are around you you you, you just think you're looking yeah yeah I I mean I even I say even I have that problem because I, I feel like I come across quite confident but really when I go to the gym I feel like everyone's looking at me and I have to remind myself Ella no one is looking at you no one cares what you're doing like just get on with it because yeah. I'm not looking at anyone no one's looking at me I think I think we just get this kind of like thing in our head that people are looking at us and, and watching what we're doing and judging what we're doing they literally don't care they just get they're just there to get on with it yeah um so yeah yeah yeah, and everyone's probably thinking the exact same thing. So, exactly. Yeah, exactly. It's just part of society. As soon as you gain that sort of self confidence and you you get in the headspace and you're comfortable, it's you're good to mm. go. And, that, and that's where I think definitely should be. you should be less worried about people's opinions. Take that into life. Yeah. Take it outside of sport. You know. It's yeah. Still applicable. Doesn't matter what people think. Agreed. Doesn't matter. Well, Ella, thank you so much for coming on to the podcast today. It's been really enjoyable. Um, obviously you've mentioned a, a number of businesses do you want to plug any of them so where people can find yourself your fitness page or you know the, the yeah perfect yeah. so um, I've got a, a fitness account which is now kind of transferring into my personal personal training account so that's on Instagram at Ella Ray Fit um, same thing on Facebook is just Ella Ray Fitness Health and Yoga um, and then if you're a gymnast an ex-gymnast a gymnastics coach if you're listening to this then um the the app for the instagram is yoga fit for gymnasts and then on facebook yoga for gymnasts um it's got a green logo so if you see it make sure you give it a follow yeah definitely check it out you can find it plastered all over explores pages as well um and when this goes up i'll make sure i tag all of them as well um but yeah we'll catch you on the next podcast thank you very much again ella 
Talk to you soon. You're welcome. Thank you for listening in to another episode of our expert opinion in association with Explore Lifestyle. As always, we are sponsor-free podcast, so make sure you check out www.explorelifestyle.co.uk to support.